Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Starlog explores the unlikely friendship between a 21-year-old aspiring actress, Jane, and an elderly widow, Sadie, after their worlds collide in California's San Fernando Valley. Jane spends her time getting high with her dysfunctional roommates and taking care of her chihuahua, Starlet, while Sadie passes her days alone, tending to her garden. After a confrontation at a yard sale, Jane finds something unexpected in a relic from Sadie's past. And that is basically the... This, the early part, the synopsis of the, the wonderful new film by Sean Baker, Starlet. We're joined today by the director of, of Starlet, uh, known for other films such as Prince of Broadway and Takeout. Sean Baker, welcome to Film School. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. And thank you. Yeah, uh, terrific. Uh, we've uh, we've moved a few thousand miles west with this one. Uh, take out in Prince of Broadway, filmed in the heart right. of, of New York City, and here you are in the San Fernando Valley. Tell me, yes. a, tell us a little bit about I, that I, journey. I, I actually didn't think I was ever going to make an LA film, yeah. and I thought the next film was going to be focused on Brighton Beach or some you know somewhere out here in Brooklyn. But um, I was actually working out in Los Angeles for a brief, well, for about eight months on a television show and just uh, sort of connected with it. I actually, like, I'm, I moved there. Really? And because of the weather, yeah, I can't really admit that to yeah. other New Yorkers without yeah. feeling like a traitor. But, uh, but uh, anyway, I, I'm there now. But, uh, but really quickly, I was uh, living there for a little bit. And working on this show, and it really, I think it's it inspired Starlet. Is this uh, the this is that is this Warren the Ape that that you that caused you, or were you out for that? Or exactly, okay, exactly, okay. We're, and uh, we had we're just really we we had a bit of stunt casting on uh, what they call stunt casting on that show, in which every week we would have an, a, a different cameo with an adult film star. So I think that is what initially got me. Um, oh, okay interested in what their personal lives uh, are. And Chris and I, Chris Bergosh being the co- co-writer, we just set out to, to make a small film that focused on that aspect. And it did a very effective job, and you're absolutely right. This is, uh, you know, who amongst us hasn't seen the, the end product of their work, but uh, what is it? How do they go about doing what they do, their sort of day-to-day lives, and the, the story of Jane and... Um, her dysfunctional uh, roommate um, Melissa and and Mikey. I mean, these are people that you would, Im- at least in my mind, would imagine would be part of a scene like this. And 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 it certainly, uh, it's it is what I would imagine it to be. And you did a wonderful job of having the right people in these roles. Um, let, let's Thank you. yeah, let's get a little bit back to the story itself. This uh, this. Uh, uh, unlikely relationship between Sadie and Jane is that a that's a story is that a short story or how did that yeah come about? It, it actually stems from a treatment that I wrote okay over ten years ago mm-hmm. um, we this it was based on a true event that happened to my father's friend he found a large quantity of cash in a hot water bottle from a yard sale he approached my father my father being a lawyer and asked him the legal ramifications of keeping this and my father basically advised him he said. Uh, 
it's yours you you purchased it it's it's a, it's it you know you can keep it however it's whether you think it's right or wrong mm-hmm. you know to keep it and um it it just stuck with me as something that would make a great catalyst to bringing two characters together in a narrative and it's that it's just that it's one of those questions where you where an audience member might ask him or herself what would i do in that situation so so i i wrote this uh treatment called bric-a-brac and it was really it was heavily influenced by harold and maude i have to admit and mm-hmm. it was really using that um little event to 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 bring these this, this these two women together well, I'd certainly, if Harold and Maude is sort of a, a touchstone for the film, you'd have to say that Katie's character is sort of the anti-Maude in, in many ways. I mean, at least initially, <clears throat> at least initially in the film. There's a, certainly a, a very uh, tough exterior to a woman who has has watched, I mean, her her husband yes. pass and, and, and others in her important yes. in her life. Yeah, I would say that she... That is an important thing to point out that that her character is definitely 180 degrees away from Maud. It's funny though because Besetka Johnson, who plays Sadie in the film, is like the real life Maud. Mm, oh, yeah. she she was full of positivity and just uh, and life and vigor, and she just wanted to always, you know, it was. I actually the first week was all about pushing her to that nasty side and that that abrasive, you know, reclusive. Uh, part of, of Sadie's character, I kept on uh, in the beginning having to say, you know, Besedka, you got to, you know, bring up the abrasiveness, you know, bring it up, bring it up, <laughs> uh, nasty Sadie, nasty Sadie. And so, you know, she, but um, it was funny because sometimes near the, and especially during the first week, uh, she would actually, as soon as I yelled cut, she would apologize to Tree Hemingway for, <laughs> for the stuff she said in that scene. Well, and and your films, uh, particularly uh, for me, I just love Prince of Broadway. It's I just think I still it's a great film, and um, and what I like about your filmmaking approach, it's obviously a film that you, it was not a big budget film. How many days? How many days of shooting was this? With Starlet. Um, yeah, Starlet, Starlet was. It's it's not one of those crazy eighteen right, day. Right. Gorilla things. We actually had the luxury of having about 25 days, and the money went in allowing us to to do that. We it is a bigger budget than Prince of Broadway. It's um, but it's still quite small. Yeah. Um, it's a quarter of a million, two hundred fifty thousand, okay. and we um, we just took that time so that the so that we could become a small little family. I wanted everybody to connect. I wanted even you know even the people who aren't supposed to connect. I wanted them to at least seem like they have a, a, a history uh, on camera. So um, we actually took a little bit longer than these rushed independents that you hear about. Yeah, well, we're speaking with uh, Sean Baker, the director of Starlet. Starlet uh, is out today in theaters here uh, in Southern California. Here's November 9th, 2012, for those who might be listening uh, via iTunes. Uh, and, um, th- yeah, just to go back to your point, this has a lot of setups. There's a lot of locations, a lot of characters, uh, especially in relation to takeout. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a cast of people here. Um, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and practically speaking, this is your avatar compared to what you spent on takeout, and uh, and and uh, and uh, Prince of Broadway. But uh, it's... I guess you could say that. Yes, <laughs> it was still quite tough, though. You know, oh, very very okay. tough. A lot of like a lot of people coming out and helping out with 
favors yeah. and some people working for deferred payments. It was still one of those, you know, we still had to be begging a little bit, yeah. you know, yeah. beg, borrow, and steal, as they say. But uh, we uh, were really happy with the product. Yeah. We tried to put as much of that money on the screen. Yeah. You know, Radium Chung, who is the DP, Yes, um, it's his first film that he, sh- he shot. He, he comes from like a gaffing background and, and he, I just love him. We, we connected, we collaborated, you know, very closely and we were all about making, really capturing the vibe of the San Fernando Valley the way that we saw it because we're sort of outsiders coming in. Yeah. And, um, we really took the time to to try to to capture this in a way that um, that has a. I know this word really rubs people the wrong way, but it has more of a glossy feel than yeah. I would say my last two films. Yeah, it does absolutely. And as a point of reference, this is the San Fernando Valley, and I love the opening. It has this very sun drenched kind of almost. I, I, help me describe it, but it's a very the palette is very. Uh, uh, salmon at the beginning. Uh, yeah, it's almost pastel-y. pastel. Pastel. It's, it's yeah, weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We um, we actually use these vintage Russian lenses that we we got by a happy accident. Of course, a lot of always happy accidents when it comes to independent films. And these vintage anamorphic lenses came our way, and really, I think, took it to an, the next level. Because what it did is, that when I was location scouting around the San Fernando Valley for two months. With and you know in my in my beat up car and my dog next to me, <laughs> I always felt the sun was shining right in my eyes, no yeah. matter what direction I was facing. I, it was very it's very bright there, and so I told I said that to Radium. I said, let's really try to capture that, and, and we got these lenses that uh, you may know. You know what some of your listeners may know uh, what anamorphics are, and those yes. who don't, it makes it you know widescreen, very mm-hmm. widescreen mm-hmm. to um, the aspect ratio. And and it, and it stretches the light, and so it uh, you know they I, th- I think just recently you know JJ Abrams used that a lot with you know the, the flares hitting the lens yeah. in the Star Trek series. And, yeah, yeah. Well, that's sort of what we have. It has a different look because they're vintage lenses, but um, but uh, we capture that where I think the San Fernando Valley sun was always streaking into the lens and stretching across the frame. Quite yeah. nicely. As a, as a product of the San Fernando Valley, I lived uh, in sort of the outer edge of it. it it is that way. You 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 wake up in the morning at, in in the summer and it's already ninety two and the sun is just bleeding in right into your bedroom window and just as it is in the in the beginning of the film, where it, the sun seems to be everywhere all the time and and I think it really did a nice job. It really, San Fernando Valley is uh, is a certainly in, in a character. I want to say in the film. I don't. Know. It it feels like you're in the San Fernando. Yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely. I would. You know, Punch Drunk Love had the San Fernando Valley as kind of a, a nice backdrop, but in your film, it's more uh, integral to the to the story itself. Um, and for mm-hmm. those who've lived in Southern California long enough, and probably anywhere in the world, they know that the San Fernando Valley is the um, uh, the place of choice for. The adult film industry, and uh, that's certainly the sort of the backstory on Jane, played by uh, Dre uh, Hemingway. Now, yeah, uh, I haven't seen her in anything before, um, but what, no, this is her lead role debut. Okay, this is, and I was incredibly lucky yeah. to you know to have her come on to my film and make this her lead role debut. It's, it was really uh, I, I, I she's a supermodel, you know. You get everybody may know her as Mariel's daughter and Ernest's great-granddaughter. Mm-hmm. 
and um, you know she she was being just very selective about what she wanted to do first. And I believe that she um, she read our script and she connected with it. And our um, I mean her manager uh, reached out to us and said. Um, you know, I, I think you should consider Dre, or please consider Dre if you haven't thought about her yet. And um, and I didn't even know she was actually pursuing acting. And I got on the phone with her for an hour-long video Skype call, and it went wonderfully. We connected, bonded. Uh, we had the similar sensibilities. She knew what, what I was going for with the film. And, um, yeah, it was just uh, I offered her the role at the end of the hour. I didn't even have her read yeah, and and this is so key. I mean, it, it's key to any film, uh, but the, the the casting here is terrific because there is such a, a contrast between Sadie and Jane in this film, um, and it makes for uh, the tension and 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 the insight into character that's so important for uh, Starlet, and and the supporting cast. I, I think I mentioned is very good. Uh, Stella and I'm is it Maeve? Am I saying that correctly? Maeve. 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 Okay, see, I, I was going to go that she, way, but yeah. Yeah, yeah she's wonderful. Yeah. She's wonderful as well. I mean, she steals some of her scenes. She's incre- I mean, she really is the most method of all the actors that we had on the film. She really, really took the time to go to, it was funny, she was going to par- uh, porn star parties and hanging out and observing and, and uh, really staying in character uh, for most of the uh, shoot. She She's... Um, yeah. She really embodied that character of Melissa, who, who is a. I d- there was a review today that just said uh, a, a hot mess, a crazy hot mess. Yeah, that's was, exactly what exactly. That's exactly what she is in the film. Yeah, she's that, and she's she's you know, good. Yeah, and she looks like a a uh, certainly an actress on on the on the rise here. She's uh, she's coming up on a. Um, a film on the Manson Girls. That looks like that could be a really good film, uh, playing the part of Linda Kasabian. So, yeah, she's obviously... Again, you know, so much of, you know, any film is about casting, but particularly for films that that aren't going to be a a big-budget film where you're not going to be able to disguise a bad performance with uh, a lot of noise and nonsense. Uh, This is all about what's on the screen in in front of you. And... Obviously, good. Uh, nice role, little role, smaller role, not little role. Pardon me. Yes. By uh, by Mikey uh, James uh, Ranson um, does a nice job. Yep. He's you may know him from The Wire, Treme. He's yeah. been off just recently. He was in uh, Sinister, that yeah. horror film that came out. Okay. I mean, he he's wonderful, and, and he, he yeah he's the perfect he's the perfect boyfriend of an aspiring p- porn star. I mean, he has <laughs> he's the total vibe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tied it up. I just knew him from a Larry Clark film. I was a fan of his. I watched his career over the years. And see, this is what I'm saying about the casting. It's so funny the way that people, a lot of happy accidents resulted in the casting. Because in in his case, it was my dog, Booney, who plays Starlet in a film. (laughs) He found James. (laughs) Because one night in the the middle of the night, he had an eye infection. We brought him to a 24-hour emergency vet clinic and james was in there with his dog who who was also having an issue and um we you know both talked about our dogs for a little while but then you know after a couple hours i said oh by the way i know who you are and i'm a fan of your work and i have a role for you (laughs) so so, um (laughs) so that's how that came about and you know i don't know if you we've mentioned this but besetka johnson 
86 years old now. She's 87. My executive producer, Chi um, Ching Zhou, who I co-directed Takeout with, found her at the YMCA. Amazing. You know, yeah, just a lot of great little... And, everybody came from a different direction. And uh, Baseka, is, uh, this is her de- debut, her film debut. Yeah. She always wanted, apparently always wanted to be a film in, in film, and at the age of 86, got... She's really good. And one of the great things about all of your films, you trust the silence in your movies. You trust those moments when people are just being themselves without a lot of explanation. And that's certainly the case with uh, Sadie's character. She, uh, especially initially, uh, you, you, the, the, her disdain for, for Jane uh, and all of it comes through so much in those first few encounters. Right. And it's, it's silence. It's the, the things that aren't being said, and it's gestures, it's size. It's, it, she's terrific in this film. She really is. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I, I just, you know, I think that that stems from a love of, uh, you know, foreign cinema and independent cinema that allows those silences to happen. You know, the films of Jim Jarmusch and yeah. Cassavetes and people who, you know, weren't afraid of just facial expressions and saying stuff without words. Oh, my God. Stranger Than Paradise, the first time I saw that, I, I was, I just jumped out of my seat at the end of it because it was just just as you described it was just such a departure in so many ways and and allowing characters to really be real people that you you would completely imagine understand would be uh on screen in and behaving the way they do because of those kinds of small but important uh additions to the dialogue and the way that it's played out it's it's terrific and i that yeah it's it's wonderful to trust your actors that way too, and I imagine that translates over the course of making a film like Starlet, where I, I some of this improv, some of the you must have run some of these lines by some of these people before. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I basically did the same thing. It was a little more disciplined because mm-hmm. we're working with. We didn't have. I mean, Prince of Broadway. We sort of went into production with Prince of Broadway, and we didn't. We didn't wrap production until we had the film made, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like we had a, a very, uh, very uh, a schedule that we had to stick to. We we we, uh, but with this film, we did. Um, we were working with you know union actors, et cetera. Yeah. So basically, what I did was that I gave them the script. I said, "Here's the dialogue we've written for you. If you don't feel it's true or you feel it's false in any way." You can throw it out the window as long as you can come up with something better. Um, and sometimes they took that liberty, and sometimes they didn't. Besetka did not at first because you know it was her, it was her, truly her first time, yeah. um, and she wanted to learn the lines so that uh, she would have no problem with them on set. But then after about the first week, she she also became very uh, comfortable with improvisation, and. Um, and and and, and you know uh, it may be Dree's first time on camera, or at least for in a lead role debut. But she studied at the Royal Academy of the Arts in London, so she she came she she came quite prepared, and and she would actually you know sometimes uh, instigate uh, improv sessions with with Besetka, and it was it was wonderful. Some of the some of my favorite lines in the film um, come directly from the actors. And what an, what an, uh, a great set that will, would be, uh, in, you know, as an outsider, not a director, but obviously so, just feeling that, that sense of contribution from everyone. 
Now, people as, as actors come in, and they contribute by virtue of their work. They come in, they do their part, they read their lines. But when you throw on top of it uh, that you as a director are willing to trust them enough to, to play with the material, make it their own to some degree, uh, and still hold true to the story and, and the arc of the story, it's just, it's got to feel like you're, you're all just this one big enterprise and you're really moving in the same direction. Is that Yeah, fair? I think so. I think it, it helps everybody become closer, you know, quicker. And yeah. I just, I, I had no idea, though, that Dree was as good as she... You know, again, I, I sort yeah. of took a risk with uh, casting her based on some of these YouTube videos I had seen of her and, of course, that hour-long conversation. But yeah. Yeah. I didn't know she was going to be so good and, and really... Um, and really just take chances with her her improv. It was really fun. And, you know, we actually collaborated a lot in terms of, you know, I would I would go to, I would bring Dree over and say, how is this scene working for you? Are you happy with this scene? It's not working 100% for me, so probably it's not working for you either. And then she would agree or disagree, and we would walk off and figure it out together. It was really, it was great. Yeah, yeah th- that's what I'm talking about. And by the way, j- just to, follow on your point uh sean baker director of starlet uh the that she's great in in uh man in managing to fashion a um a character in which she is hard enough in uh, sort of in her the way that she deals with her life as this uh aspiring or porn actress she's a i don't know yeah. if she's aspiring she seems to have established herself somewhat in the in the industry but also right. vulnerable enough she 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 never there's not a, a a huge amount of vacillation in her interaction with anyone but yet she's completely believable as a woman who is in the porn industry which is notoriously brutal emotionally and psychologically kind of industry but at the same time and a and a roommate who is a train wreck and yet at the same right. time have a completely believable relationship with with, with Sadie it, it's really a very nuanced but very very good performance on her part yeah and and you'll i mean as the film halfway through the film you you know, we're sp- doing spoilers here, but uh, it's hard not to, we've already said she's a porn star. So, but, so, um, the point though is that, you know, she jumps between being Jane, you know, which is her real name to this character of Tess, which is her porn name. And she sort of has two personas going on. And I think, I think Dree actually really did this quite nicely. As you just said, it was like little nuances where, and there's one scene in particular where she literally, uh, she gets recognized some, by some fans on the street in front of the older woman who doesn't know that she's in the industry. And she sort of jumps back and forth from Jane to test Jane to test just right. in her facial expression. Right. And it's my favorite scene in the film. Yeah. It's really, yeah. And it's a quick, it's a very quick scene, but you're absolutely right. She, she for a, a moment she sort of performs for her fans or at least gives them yeah. what they expect from her character uh in, oh, right. you know and uh yeah no it's very good she's really good and and um i want to make sure uh karen paragulian yes Gulli- thanks for mes- mentioning him he's uh yes he's he's now this is my fourth time working with him um, he was one of the stars of Prince of Broadway, and we're, we're going to be working together on the next project, definitely. Um, he's just uh, somebody I know is going to have one of those late uh, breakout, uh, you know, his career is going to be one of those, like, Joe Pesci 
yeah. type of careers where he he hits at fifty, <laughs> but he uh, yeah. he's just he's amazing because you know he's just so natural and I work so I again he's like one of those where I can just trust that that he'll always bring truth to to the characters he's playing and he brings a humanity to all this stuff. He does. I mean, he has a big role in Prince of Broadway, a minor role in my other two films, but uh, from this point on, I always want to keep him at least you know one of the main you know, main. Uh, actors, uh, yeah. uh, you know, Sean, characters in the films. Yeah, Sean, I, w- I was going to say it's not a Sean Baker film unless Karen's in, in it. I mean, I was waiting for, I was almost waiting for him to to to, sh- to show up in this. And he, you're right, <laughs> he plays a guy who obviously is a businessman um, and knows that this is a very tough business and and behaves that way. At the same time, there's enough humanity that kind of shows up in him that uh, he's it's a, it's it's great. It's a really, really, really good role. I want to let our listeners yeah. know why we've got you on the line here. That it's opening today. Uh, Starlet is opening today. It's going to be playing across the street from where we're sitting at the University Town Center in Irvine, Pasadena Playhouse Seven in Pasadena, obviously uh, Town uh, Center Five in Encino, and also the Sundance Cinema uh, in uh, Los Angeles, which used to be, for those who don't remember or know, it used to be the um, Sunset Five. So you are you going to be in? Are you in town for any of the opening? No, I'm right now. I'm in New York because okay. we are also opening here at the Sunshine Cinemas on Houston and up at Lincoln Center. 